0: Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined Paul, Lauren, and Diane as together we young adults seek the face of Christ restlessly in the midst of today's crazy mixed-up, and rather steamy hot world as today was the hottest day of the year so far. It's, it's June as we're recording this. But that's okay. We turned the AC off so we could have a good recording session. <laughs> and so we could talk about Our Lady. So a few episodes ago, we talked about Jesus and some of our favorite traits of Jesus. And we actually had intended to talk about Jesus and Mary, and we ran out of time because there's just so much to say about our Lord. But now let's talk about Our Lady because I bet we can fill an entire episode with what we love about Mary. So what do you love about Mary? <laughs>
1: How about her humility to start, mm. right? I mean, mother of God filled with grace, and she's just the model of humility. And it's, it's such a, an example for us. And Diane, I know you can talk about the anti-Mary exposed, if you want to go into that, kind of what culture kind of propels as, you know, I don't know. It's like this women's empowerment movement almost, like we're so great pushing ourselves up, look at me, you know, look how pretty I am and showing off my body and all this stuff. And then we have our mother, you know, this just perfect model of how to serve God. And she's just the total opposite of that, you know?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, especially just society today, there's this push for women, I think, because of the sort of the feminist movement to, you know, encourage women to empower themselves by like taking control of all these situations so it's like you're in control you decide you decide your career path you decide you know your family how many kids you want all of these things as as if to as if to say that you know women find their fulfillment in you know achieving sort of this you know, just being able to dictate how their their lives play out. And I think Our Lady is, is just the opposite. And she, you know, I think one of the most admirable things about her is just her receptivity and putting, you know, I mean, her saying, like, behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. She is just so... Um, Receptive to what God's plans are for her life. I mean, I'm sure she was human. She, I'm sure she had visions of you know like how or, or you know dreams of how maybe her life was going to look, and hmm. she put all that on hold and and didn't really you know question it because of her her reverence and desire you know to put God first and to serve Him, and if that meant sacrificing her own sort of plans or ideals and giving up that control and surrendering herself, literally her entire self. And her son, that's what she did. So I think it's it's just a really beautiful example for for women of like what what really gives <laughs> gives you freedom and helps you to sort of um, like what is that feminine genius? and she's she's obviously like the epitome of of that.
0: That's interesting. I never thought about Mary perhaps dreaming about what it would be like to have ten children or having a big marriage or living with a husband in in a normal fashion. And I, I mean, we know from tradition that Mary was presented in the temple when she was probably about four years old and had, was kind of consecrated to God from that point. So she probably had some inkling that maybe she was not going to live a regular life. But still, I wonder if there was a thought in her mind like, oh, I wonder what it would be like, or I wonder if.
1: And the other thing I've heard that's come up is like she had kind of consecrated herself right, to virginity, uh, made that vow, and then was told, you're going to marry Joseph, Right hmm so you know she's saying well how or her and joseph must have talked about it right before their betrothal even like this is a vow i made i'm consecrated to god and i think as we're learning more and more about joseph i think we can say that he would have understood that and respected it you know and known that that was god's plan for him as well which is kind of beautiful to imagine, and also like so backwards from society, right? Like how people treat and use sex today, you know? Yeah. Um, And then she's told, right, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit to bear a son. Well, I guess she's told, you will bear a son. And so she's saying, how? Because I've, you know, I've never known a man, right? Or I will not know a man. Like this is something permanent. I've made this vow to virginity and then accepted that grace, I think, of, this will be the Holy Spirit that does this, and, and I'm the mother of God. Like, how remarkable, and, and how do you comprehend that? That's you know? why
0: I think it says in scripture so often that Mary pondered these things in her heart. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you've ever had an experience in your life that was just so out of the ordinary that you just had to sit and think about it for a little while. I mean, perhaps like the, when I had the blessing of helping with an exorcism, there are many times that I was like, I just got to think this through. <laughs> like, I just saw the devil manifesting. During or after? No, after, because in the middle, you're kind of, you know, it's okay. chaos. Oh, but after, wow. you're just like, whoa, what just happened there? Yeah, Or even like a time of prayer that's like really deep, and maybe tears were shed, and you're like, dude, I got to think about what God just did there.
1: Yeah. And I think there can be also, you may have this experience of grace, um, and it could be in a very positive way, like the a deepening of your spirituality and you you feel God on a new level and it's so joyful in the moment or beautiful. And then, like you said, later in that day, you can reflect on that joy. And then you got to analyze a little bit, maybe not too much, but say, well, what what really happened there? Or what is God asking for me? Or what does this mean? Mm -hmm. So I do think that's a part of the spiritual life.
0: And that's probably what Mary did quite a bit. Like, okay, now that I've been called the mother of God, what does that mean? (laughs) How am I supposed to do that?
2: But it's so cool, too, to think about her her trust and all that, right? Because there was so much unknown. I mean, I used to, when I was younger, just kind of think like, oh, yeah, you know, reading the Gospels and everything, she knew everything that was going to happen and, and all of these different things. And I mean, she didn't, but she, she had that sort of like courage and peace and trust. I'm sure she was the type of person that you walk into the room and she just like embodied peace, you know? Um, so I think it's pretty remarkable for, <laughs> for all of the things that she went through, Um to, to have that steadfast trust and obviously the peace that flows from it
3: mm-hmm. great i've really enjoyed listening to all of you speak right now it's actually really it's 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 entertaining um uh,
0: i hope our listeners feel the same way yeah yeah <laughs> exactly that's no i just enjoyed I,
3: I don't really want to say much i just want to keep listening but that's i'll fine. say something anyway you don't have that's to what i do um, <laughs> that's why we pay you to be here. oh yeah paid right uh-huh um and uh, yeah, so I think the the thing I was just pondering, I mean, in addition to what has been said, which is um, all very relevant and uh, extraordinary, is generally when we see Mary pre- pre- um, depicted in art, Christian art, it's, you know, the, the coronation of Mary in heaven, Assumption, um, a very maybe peaceful uh, nativity type of scene, um, Madonna and Child, something like that. But I always think about, you know, that she's also a mother to Jesus in, especially in the early, you know, which is so important at the early part of, of any child's life. And just the the moments that we see her just being a mother and it's, and it's probably, it's like, if you think about it, it's just different than this, you know, and more angelic depictions of her. It's like finding Jesus in the temple, you know, <laughs> or, or the wedding feast at Cana or, um, or, you know, even at the foot of the cross um, and weeping, it's just that, that embodiment of, of motherhood, too, it's just so, um, in, in a very pure way, is, is very admirable or something
0: to, mm. to be in awe of. One of the greatest books I've ever read, which I highly recommend to everyone, is The Life of Mary According to the Mystics. It's a kind of a compilation of many of the visions that people like Anne Catherine Emmerich have had about Our Lady. Really fascinating, kind of, uh, just kind of see some of the behind the scenes of what Mary went through, and and her remarkable just demeanor. And one of the things that's always stood out for me with Mary is that, you know, Mary was perfect. And okay, so the Holy Family, we kind of picture Mary in the Holy Family, but Mary also had to deal with other people. She had to go to the market, you know, she had Mm -hmm. family. And how do you deal as a perfect person with imperfect people? Because that's something that that I've wrestled with. Because I'm, I mean, not because I'm perfect. (laughs) 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 No, because something I've wrestled with. Because you know, I've kind of tried to live my life in accordance with God's commands, and sometimes had to, you know, befriend or or minister to people who are living completely different lives. Like, how do you how do you keep that humility in the spiritual humility? Because spiritual pride is probably even more dangerous than than regular pride. You know, thinking, oh look, I'm holier than you. But Mary was able to have these conversations without saying, hey, look, I'm the mother of God and I'm perfect.
3: Well, I think it's important to note that she didn't, she's not God, right? So she didn't have what Jesus had, which is that ability, like we talked about um, in the last episode of things we, we you know, we love about Jesus. Well, we love a lot about Jesus. Anyway, um, <laughs> I forget what the topic, actually, what the actual... No, traits. Traits, yeah, traits we love, right. More specific. And so I don't, so she wouldn't have had like that so she she would have done it perfectly, but she may not have been like she may not have known why she was acting in the way she was to some extent. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, she didn't have that you know knowing what has happened, what is happening, and what will happen.
0: That so would can I happen. open a theological can of worms? Sure, go ahead. Do you think Mary knew she was the Immaculate Conception? I don't know. I, think, I, don't I really know. Know. I don't I don't, I, I don't we know. I don't, I don't think it's th- defined. Th- I, yeah.
1: Well, I don't I don't well, think that like, she could know that, but. I think she could know she was filled with grace. I I think that's something you can sense, right? And mm. for those of us who know like really holy people, there's something about them, right? I mean, it kind of exudes off of them and they just have this joy in this their life and this happiness and they are so connected to God. So Mary is obviously the, the best you could possibly be at that, right? Saved from original sin and full of grace. So uh, the other thing we can note, I think, is um, I heard this at a talk at spiritual exercises that I just experienced for the second time. I went back this time to Moodis, Connecticut. Not Never Spain. heard of it, but not uh, Spain. yeah, not Spain. But the, the daughters of <laughs> merciful <as> love <laughs> came to Connecticut, and uh, there was a talk on Mary and uh, by Sister Belen, and she talked about how Mary was strange, okay, in comparison to everyone else, right? Because for us you know, we are prone to sin, right? We have this concupiscence, right, where it's just kind of natural for us. Um, If someone, you know, starts to say, oh, Diane, oh, yeah. And then, then oh, yeah, Diane, da-da-da. Meanwhile, Diane's great and perfect, right? But someone will say this little thing and then you just fall into it, right? Because it's what we do. Or, you know, easy example, Mm -hmm. someone tells a dirty joke and you laugh. Sure. You know, like we just fall into it. It's just our nature, but she could never do that because of her you know she was saved from original sin so how would she have responded i don't know walk away just kind of smile that's tough you know yeah i mean and now i catch myself doing that too like i've become much more conscious that i should not be talking about people behind Mm -hmm. their back even at work just had to say oh like there's this guy that seems to be slacking off and someone will talk to me about it and i'm like i shouldn't engage in this conversation but it's also kind of fun to engage because like yeah i can see it too you know (laughs) And we, but I should just maybe listen and be like, yeah, you know, and you know what I mean? Or yeah. just try to redirect the conversation. But it's hard.
0: It is hard. So I, I wonder if Mary was made fun of for being strange and different. You know, I wonder if people gossiped about her behind their backs and like, what's up with that Mary? Probably, you know, I would she say
1: definitely yes. I mean, and, and you, Father Joseph, I think as a teacher of, you know, Catholic kids, right? You've encountered kids that have this holiness about them at a very young age, right? Which is strange.
0: It is. Right? It is. And
1: don't the other kids that aren't on that level kind of think those that kid's strange?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a story <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. I've, I have the blessing of being the, the ultimate frisbee coach here at Cardinal Cunningham yeah. Academy. Yeah, ultimate frisbee. <laughs> so... uh we had we were at one of the games. and and one of the kids is very, very, very devout, like like super devout. Um, he's like eleven years old and just loves God so much. And we were getting crushed. We were playing Oxford, and it was like eleven to one, and it was really bad. and And Christopher just like, "Oh, we need heavenly help." So right there on the right there on the field, Aww. he kneels down, pulls out his rosary, and starts praying the Rosary out loud. Aww. And all the other kids are like, what are you doing? Just get up and we're we're still playing a Frisbee game. (laughs) He's like, no, no, we need our lady.
1: That's so sweet.
0: I was like, sweet, but it's also a little weird. (laughs) weird, (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) lie.
3: Well, I, yeah, I think that's, you know, when you listen, if you're in the Catholic YouTube world, that's the, that's like a standard thing. It's like, well, be weird, you know, be weird, kind of,
0: kind of. If I was, if so, if I was going to be a missionary in Africa, yeah, I would learn the language, I would eat their foods, I would try to fit into the gul- culture, right? Because you have to earn the right to be heard. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a place, I think, for holy fools in the church, like mm-hmm. St. Francis of Assisi, you know, people that li- really live radical lives. But if you also want to be heard, and you want to be evangelized, people can't think you're a freak.
3: Yeah, I think the I think where it comes in is is, is well when we talk about like the current world versus the time when Mary lived. Well, that's very true. <laughs> like if you were if I were to tell my colleagues, which I have, and it's weird, it's like oh I'm going to a retreat this weekend. What does that mean? Like well, go. Hello, I that's go to, relatable. I go to Moodus, Connecticut, and stay in a cabin with no hot water for a week weekend, and listen to people talk about Catholic stuff <laughs> with my friends. And there, then the other are just, wait, there's more more than one person. Oh, and it's silent, and you can't talk. <laughs> you, you can't yeah. talk well, the entire that,
1: time. Actually. They they take your phone away, or you get yeah. your phone up.
3: You haven't done a silent retreat. I haven't. No. <sighs> you gotta try it. I will. You should. I will plan to.
1: Everyone listening, don't be afraid for a silent retreat. Once you like connect with God, yeah. you're good. It's pretty awesome. Like you, you yeah. don't need to it's talk. Awesome. You don't need the phone.
3: Yeah. yeah. Any case. So yeah, that, yeah that's true. That's, that's weird, that, and I'm okay with that. Like that's one of the weird. Like I'm okay being weird in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, that makes you sense. know. So I think that's where I'm coming from. I I think it's. I think the extreme is when you s- isolate yourself from
0: society completely, and we talked about that another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, have, you have to follow the spirit's leading. Mm. So maybe mm-hmm. the spirit will tell you to do something weird.
1: Well, but the strange thing, I think we as Catholics, as you grow in your faith, I think we've all probably experienced it, or you've seen it in others. You do pull away from worldly things, right? like for me, easy. In college, I drank a lot. I loved beer pong, super fun. (laughs) Now I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, let's rage. You know, like I've um, evolved from that. Um, And that's part of just growing up too. Right. But uh, I think it's also the spiritual life, like recognizing I do not need this to satisfy me. And then you may still be around people who are like, yeah, let's drink. And they're like passing you drinks or something. And it's like, you know what? Not bro. Right. And then sometimes people notice on about that. Right. And they think you're being a little strange you know why don't you want to party with us or whatever and that can happen in so many different parts of your life
0: we used to play Gatorade Pong
1: I would play that that was lots let's of go fun. I mean I just love throwing the balls in the cups that's right you know? like that it's a skill I like sports and games
3: I like baseball more than beer pong like traditional beer pong baseball I don't know that oh okay is, no, that, more is
0: more. that a drinking game it is but you can play with Gatorade should you wish I, oh I would ask you to explain it, but I don't necessarily want no, all of our I, listeners to yeah, know that. how to play <laughs> game, <so>. um, <laughs> Get back but, to Our
3: Lady. But I would, yeah. So I would say that it, when you think about, um, when you think about Mary in that respect, and it's like, okay, well, we, we might be able to share a little bit in that, but I mean, it's a whole different ballgame. I think also she was living in a Jewish community, a poor Jewish community relatively. And my guess is that, There was probably, just in her daily life, especially before Jesus, there was probably little time to be, I mean, it's a lot of tasks as a task-oriented society, right? That is true. You know, so I think that there's probably a little bit of that. I just, I don't think we can relate. I think it'd be very challenging for us in 2021 to relate to that.
0: That's probably pretty homogenous. And probably everyone's related. It's very, very close. In some yeah. sense, you know. Yeah. Second, well, distant cousins.
2: An- just another thing. I mean, so we had Father John Connaughton come to our women's study um, to talk about. We're reading The Read of God by Carol Houselander, And, you know, some of the women were expressing their difficulty in having a relationship with Our Lady um, just because they see her as this, you know, like non-human, essentially, because she's perfect and just not relatable. But Father John, I mean, he said something so profound. Like, she is, this is how kind of, like, warped we are from the stain of original sin, uh, is that, you know, she is, she is, like, the epitome of what it means to be human. Like, she is humanity at at what it's supposed to be, like, what Mm. God made humanity for. So this strangeness that we perceive in the holiness of other people or in Our Lady is, like, it's it's just it's almost so messed up, you know, because mm. like this is what God actually made us to be like, and we're not even like close so that's why it appears strange, you know because it is it's so difficult for for us to kind of like emulate that, but she is she is the example of what what really like how you live a fulfilled human life um, yeah so true,
1: very profound, thank you for saying that. I have another thing um that struck me from the talk is Mary never said no to God. Mm. And you think, well, of course, because it's Mary. But then when you put it on yourself, you're like, well, how often do I say no to God? Right? Like, oh, I should go to adoration. Uh, but I'm tired and I worked a long day and I want to go eat dinner or, oh, I should say this prayer for this person. It's like, I'll pray for them tomorrow. Mm. Right? Like we make excuses all the time of different types. Like, oh, I'm too busy or, to this or to that, or I'm not good enough. I can't do that. Or I, I don't know enough to do that. Whatever God may be asking us to do, it's just so natural for us to come in with a no and then maybe have to convince ourselves of a yes. Mm-hmm. But she just always said yes.
2: Yeah. And it's just, it's such an example of like the, the extent of her love for god because it's very easy to say something but even father mike schmidt it he did a great homily for uh corpus christi and you know he was basically talking about the eucharist and like the lack of belief as really stemming from a lack of love because love requires sacrifice is what he was saying and that you know like if you were going on a a, a trip or whatever and you had to get up and you knew that you had to get up at like you had to go all the way across the island. You had to get up at 4.30, take a ferry, you know, hike up a bunch of mountains to get to this place. But it was something you really wanted to do. You would be willing to do it. But are you are you willing to do the same thing to go to Mass, you know, to receive the Eucharist? And that's convicting, you know, of, of thinking of that things in that sense. But obviously, like Lauren, what you're saying, that she never said no. That, that, that's how, how deep her, you know, like her love for God was. She was willing. It didn't matter if it costs because that's what love is.
0: Sure. You know, th- I remember the great story from the life of St. Faustina, who uh, was trying to conform her will to God, and so she actually yeah, wrote in her diary, my will, and then wrote a big X over it. <laughs> and the whole page was just one big X over my will, because she wanted to always have her will united to God, and that's uh, certainly Mary living that perfectly.
1: I think the epitome is during the passion, right? I mean, uh, it's, it's hard for us to bear the thought. Um, it's hard for us to watch the passion you know, narrative and she was there all all along the way. And it's her son that she's watching and she was powerless, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's the other thing, like to think that you can't go up and stop them. You just have to endure it. And I think, um, her prayer was like, God's will be done. God's will be done. Mm -hmm. Is that right, Diane?
2: Yeah. And so I think she she definitely understood her mission, right? So she wasn't willing to sort of let any of that get in the way. But the other thing that's really profound when I am meditating on the rosary is, like, when the apostles after his death are in the upper room and they're praying and everything. Like, I mean, she lives for many years after Christ's death. And um, she's persevering with them in prayer and, and taking care of them as, you know, like, that their own, their As a you know, her own children. Mm-hmm. And that is so difficult, like just the strength that that takes to to have just seen what had, like this awful thing that happened to your son. Um, and then to just be able to continue to pour yourself out for others and not get sort of caught up in sort of the, you know, number one, being upset with these guys for abandoning her son. Mm-hmm. Number two, you know, uh, just bitterness of, you're upset at just the whole situation um it's just unbelievable her strength and uh, continual pouring herself out you know she went through something so horrific and it's so easy to just crash and 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 cave in um and
0: think about the forgiveness of Mary too because it was it was because of the sinfulness of everybody including the apostles that Jesus had to die so like G- the apostles were responsible for Jesus's death and Mary would have had every right to be like you know, why am I taking John into my home? Why Why am I, you know, these are the ones who are responsible for the worst tragedy in history, the one I love the most, and his death. And yet, I don't think Mary ever held it against them. Well, she wouldn't
3: be able to, right? Because she doesn't have the fallen nature. So she doesn't even have, like, it's, it's not the ability, you know what I mean? Like, she yeah. doesn't even have that the in, desire, inclination yeah. the or the desire to, to, to think that way, which is just like, just, it's, hard to, it's hard to comprehend that, I think.
0: And of course, once Christ has forgiven us, then I'm sure Mary sees us as, as Christ sees us. Right, right, right. Redeemed in him.
1: So one thing I've read about the Passion is that Mary was able to, or she wanted to, or was able to take Christ's suffering just by looking at him. Hmm. Have you read that, Diane? Um,
2: I don't think so. There,
1: so there's, um, I don't know, I think that was in the Anti-Mary Exposed, I believe. Maybe. That's why I read that. But Maybe I zoned do out. Do you know that, Father Joseph?
0: That's a beautiful thought.
1: Okay, cuz I I remember reading it and thinking, how did she do that? You know? Or was it just that their love, their bond was so mm. like united? Well, yeah. That she may be asking God to like well, give I can me imagine any if, suffering you can, Oh you know? yeah, for
0: sure. But even on a human level, if you if you're in the hospital bed and you see your mother, how how consoling that is, yeah. you know? So even you may be well, physically still suffering, but you're like I'm not alone. The well, love is there.
3: Well, I also think about it as is well just coming because like I lost my brother and my mom had to it's it's terrible when you have to bury your child and my mom had to do that Mm. um and just I don't know if this is applies but I think it's that like like my my mom like suffered with kind of like with my brother at that moment Mm -hmm. you know like that's it's it's you you could see it it's it's like there was a bond between the two of them that no one else had it just it's just the way it is so um, from Mary's perspective, watching this, watching her son go through this, you know, it, she doesn't have the inclination to sin. But that doesn't mean she's not sad and mourning. And
0: Well, some of the saints, saints have said that, that Mary suffered in spirit what Christ suffered in body.
3: Yeah. I, yeah, I completely understand. Like, I can understand that for sure.
0: That, that gives me a lot of hope. Yeah, you know, and when suffering.
3: Uh, the bassist in our band, he um, he suffers from leukemia. It's uncurable. He's had it for 14 years, and he um, hmm. uh, and he says the the physical aspect of my suffering is is nowhere near the mental, like the mental aspect of just living with cancer every single day of his life.
0: Wow, what's his prognosis? It's
3: well, it's terminal, but it's just how much longer he's got. And he could live another 14 years or 20 years or a year you know it just depends on how it develops Mm. but you know so that's the mental the mental strain from from that suffering is 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 harder on him than the actual physical ailment sure so sure i mean all those things that's just that's the humanity that we were talking about earlier about mary like of course yeah
0: so do you guys have a relationship with our lady
2: yes very very deep. I think I've I've always sort of ever since I was a child I was praying the rosary like as a family, and um, my mom always tells me the story of she remembers me at my first communion like being the only one there like sitting and praying the rosary. Um, but <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. So um, she tells me that a lot. But um, I was
0: over at Diane's house last. at diane's parents house last week and i saw a picture of her first communion it was very cute oh you did (laughs) (laughs) she actually looks exactly the same
2: (laughs) yeah that's true people think i'm like 14 Um, yes (laughs) but um yeah and then i did i think my life like actually changed when i did the consecration to mary um Mm. louis de montfort Mm -hmm. uh that was unbelievable and i think you just have to I go to her with such confidence like just because of all the things that we talked about of her just she understands she's (laughs) empathetic she's she's just the the ideal mother and so I go to her with everything and I feel like she she always answers my prayers and um you know just her power as queen mother that in and of itself what she did at the wedding at cana like i just have no doubt that she's bringing my request to god and that she cares for us so i just i highly encourage people to to work on that relationship because man the graces just flow <laughs> mm. they flow and the relationship with jesus just becomes so much so much more fluid and easier it's it's amazing
0: that it, that is the uh, the shortcut to heaven says louis de montfort because if if mary loved jesus most on earth, then she probably loves Jesus most in heaven, you know, above all the angels and saints. And and so, if we love, I think it was Lewis de Montfort that said, you can never love Mary too much because you can never love her more than Jesus loves her. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. Can't outdo Jesus in honoring his mother as much as you try. So thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. We've been talking about our Blessed Mother, so I challenge you to go and speak with her. Spend some time, maybe praying the rosary, maybe making a consecration to her. Maybe just visit a shrine or a statue in your church and consider her motherly role, her great virtues in which we can imitate and seek to emulate, because as she loved Jesus so intensely, she can teach us how to do the same. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Radio, 1350 AM, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time.